Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Grab your Bibles and open with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 31. I want to deal with the power of the wheel. It's God's work. And while you're, while you're, you're, you're getting ready and looking, looking for it in the scripture, uh, I need you to, to ask your neighbor this question. I believe in crowd participation. If you believe it's God's work, tell them. If you believe it's God's work, why are you trying to save yourself? Now, now, come on now, I, I, I got to get you conditioned for this word because it's going to be heavy, amen. Why are you trying to save yourself? Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 31, 31. And this passage of scripture is so powerful, I feel like it would be better read uh, if it was illustrated. So, come on, come help me. And Patty, come help me. <laughs> Both of them are probably going to kill me. Come help me illustrate this. Patty and uh, come on. For real. Yeah, come up here on the platform with me. Now, Josh, I need you to take me to 31 through 34 because I'm going to illustrate this. As I, Y'all come on right over here. Now, I didn't tell them nothing, so it might be awkward. Uh, I picked Kamal because, I mean, look at this guy. I mean, he's... <laughs> he belongs on the cover of uh, Vogue magazine or something, you know? He's just good-looking. <laughs> He's stylish. And I want to show you the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Testament and the New Testament. The Bible says when Jesus comes, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm bringing a better covenant based upon better promises. Okay? And we see that just, and there's so many scriptures to back this up. But God says, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Jacob. Somebody say, that's the church. I'm going to make a Judah. A brand new covenant. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. In other words, I'm making a new covenant. Not one like the old covenant that I made uh, with the fathers. That I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt. Patty represents the church. She is the bride of Christ. Are you following me? So God said, you're, you're connected to the wrong person. You're connected to the wrong person. So I'm going to come in and I'm going to deliver you because he's not good for you. He's a devil. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's bondage. Are you listening to me? He's bondage. He's addiction. He's, he's everything that you was. But I love you, Patty, church. And I'm going to come and deliver you. This was the way it happened in the Old Testament. But hook up with him. But she's hooked up. Not easy. <laughs> you got to watch him. <laughs> okay, perfect. You got it perfect. Amen. So he said, I'm, I'm going to make a new covenant with you, but it ain't going to be like the old covenant because I came in, amen, and I had to take you by the hand. You're really reluctant, okay? And pull you away from your old habits. 
Okay, yeah, let, him, let her go. <laughs> What's my wheel right here? <laughs> so, so you see, he said, I'm not, this is going to be a, a different covenant. Well, I took him by the hand, amen, but, but you're going, there you go. You're going with me, and I'm making you come, but look at you. Call out to her back there. Huh? Amen. Are you listening to me? But God said, no, I love you, and I'm bringing you out. If I got to drag you out by the hand, now look, look, you're supposed to be turned this way. Uh, Don't listen to me. You're supposed to be, let me teach you. Let me teach you how to do it. Let me teach you how to live holy. Put your foot, come on, come on, come on. There you go, put your foot. Oh, my God, she's turning back, but I'm going to keep on pulling. Are you listening to me? And he said, because your heart wasn't in it, you kept breaking my covenant. I got to go back. I got to go back. You know, you're coming out of bondage. You're not staying in that. Are y'all listening to me? You're not. Keep looking back. You're not coming back. I was, I'm a husband to you, but I'm your God. <laughs> I didn't know what to do right there. Amen. But anyway, (laughs) Uh, but you keep breaking my covenant, although I was a husband to you. Next verse. So I'm going to do it different this time. This is the covenant that I'm going to make with the house of Israel. I'm going to put what I love in you. Oh, my God. No, no, there ain't going to be no more of this obligational duty. There ain't going to be no more of this religious duty where you know what you're supposed to do. But I'm going to come and I'm going to put it, I'm going to put my heart in your inward parts. Inward parts is centray. It means center, the very core of you. In this new relationship, you're not going to act out of external obligation it's going to be the center of who you are. It's, it's everything, all your actions are coming from a different root because I'm going to put my law in your inward part. I'm going to write my love in your heart. And then I will be your God and you shall be my people. And, and now I ain't got to teach you no more. Now I ain't got to try to teach you not to do this teach you to do that. But now that I've put, and I want you to be tempting her when she's leaving. I've put my heart in her heart. I put my love in her heart. And now is anybody listening to me? Now I, that's getting better all the time. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you guys. And I will forgive their sin, and I will remember their sin no more. I'm afraid we're trying to be in relationship with God in an Old Testament mindset. It don't work. It don't work. Are you listening to me? So now with that in your mind, I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter number 2. Somebody is supposed to be liberated and set free. I got Enoch backing me up. You know he's anointed because he was and he was not. He was translated. Are y'all in Ephesians? Chapter number two, verse number eight says, 
For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. For by grace are you saved through faith. The word yourselves is the Greek word homon. What's that sound like? Homon. It's where we get our word human. Homon. It's where we get a... In other words, for by grace are you saved. Your salvation is not human. It means... Human means of or from or concerning you. This is powerful. He said, your, your salvation has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with any human effort. It has nothing to do with any human strength. It's by grace that you're saved. It's not of yourself. Amen. To ask your neighbor again, why do you keep trying to save yourself? Why do you keep trying to be delivered by human effort? Why do you keep trying to be an overcomer by human effort? For by grace are you saved. Now, I got to tear down some theology to build theology. Amen. Because the word saved here is what? You that study your Bible are saying, sozo. And the word sozo literally means to be safe. It means to save. It means to be safe. It means to be delivered. It means to be protected. It means to be preserved. See, when we think about saved, we think about when we walk to an altar or did whatever, wherever, and give our heart to Jesus Christ, we think we're saved. Amen? And that's the end of it. But can I tell you, amen, that in the Hebrew language, they didn't have past, present, future tenses. Our English Bible had to put past, present, and future tenses in the Hebrew language so me and you could understand what we're reading. But in a Hebrew writ, in the Hebrew writ, study it up, Google it, they didn't have past, present, and future. They only had two tenses, perfect and imperfect. Or if you will, complete and incomplete. And if we understood that, you would look at scriptures a whole different way. Amen. So if you've studied your Bible very much, you'll see that the uh, English writers has salvation in past tense. And then sometimes it'll put a scripture in present tense. And sometimes it'll give you a scripture that it is future tense. Blessed are they who endure to the end for they shall be that's future tense because we didn't know how to translate it. Are you following me? Amen. So it's really not a matter of, and I always think of this when I see preachers get in debate of once saved, always saved. Amen. Some believe once saved, always saved. Some don't believe once always saved. When in reality, we've missed the entire mark because of, according to scripture, not only was I saved, but I am now saved and I'm still are y'all okay? Amen. So my salvation is not even consummated until the end. 
Blessed are they that endure to the end shall they be saved. Well, did you get saved? I did. Are you saved? I am. Are you being saved? I is. Are you following me? It is a process. Somebody shout process. It's a process. Salvation is a process. Amen. Uh, are are y'all okay? And I need you to understand that because I'm not preaching to lost folks today. Amen. I'm preaching to the church who is daily being saved. Amen. Now, some of you is just saved enough not to go to hell. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing about that. Amen. That's why you're still so full of you. Well, that'd be a good place to say amen. Somebody else sitting back, I don't know if that joker's saved or not. Saved folk don't act like that. But some of us is just saved enough to be saved, and you're probably going to make it in, like mama said, by the skin of your teeth. But in reality, salvation is a process. It's called sanctification. Are you following me? And I ain't got time to lay all the foundation of the scripture. Amen. Uh, amen. But so when the Bible says, for by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it say, it's actually saying that the very God who begun the good work in you is the same God who's working on you right now. Amen. High five your neighbor and tell him, bear with me, he ain't done. Bear with me, he ain't done. Amen? Because I am in the process of salvation. Oh, that's so good to me. I am being saved. But I'm working the system. I'm working the process. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit, amen, to bring conviction in my life. And, ever, and he's, he's bringing me from a state of incompletion to completion. He's bringing me from a state of imperfection to perfection. Amen. It don't happen with one trip to the altar. It don't happen in one prayer meeting. I just need somebody to give the Lord some praise in this place because I'm really letting you off the hook. Amen. Of your stupidity last week. Somebody just wave at me. Just wave at me. Amen. Are you listening to me? Huh? It ain't that you're not saved. It's just you didn't know, you're not allowing the process to do what God intends the process to do. So when he said, it's for by grace are you saved, it's not by yourself. Now here is the big, oh God help me today, Holy Spirit, because this is the biggest deficit in the church. We will shift from allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work to start trying to do the work ourselves. Humonus comes in. Paul said, why in the world of what begun in the spirit are you trying to complete in the flesh? It was God who brought you. It was God who saved you. It was God who brought you out. And now you think you got to push God aside and say, now let me get in here. Let me get in here and get my mind right. Let me get in here and get an addiction broken. Let me get in here, amen, and get this all settled. Amen. And God's standing there saying, what? Huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm preaching. Every week, some of us comes in the sanctuary Dragging a proverbial goat. <laughs> Back. Back. Can you imagine going to church in the Old Testament? Because <laughs> uh, when you come in, you had on your tie, you had on your suit, but that goat was saying, He blew it. He blew it. <laughs> 
Oh, God, I'm going to help somebody in this place. That goat was saying he's going to kill me, and he done it. He's going to cut my throat, and he done it. A lot of people can't, oh, God, I'm going to preach. A lot of people can't worship because the goat is standing beside them saying, you blew it. You double saw. You blew it. You acted like a fool. Huh? Well, Jesus said, I'm going to come in and give you a better covenant so you don't got to live like that. But I'm afraid the church has reverted to an old style and each week we come dragging an old goat in. Why? Because we blew it last week because we entered into humonus instead of the spirit. Oh, I'm going to give you some good news this morning. He said, it's not of yourself. He said, it's not from you or concerning you. God said, I got this. I got this. I'm going to teach you how to let God have it. Are you ready this morning? Huh? Come on, nudge your neighbor and tell him God said he's got it. See, you don't know what you're talking about, but they do. Just go ahead and tell him again. He's got it. He's got it. Wipe the sweat off your brow. He's got it. He's got it. This is powerful. This is where the majority of Christians are, and we've lost our peace. We lost our joy. Amen. And I'm going to follow him if it hair lips the devil. <laughs> yeah, I keep hearing that old lifestyle calling to me, and every now and then I look back, but I'm going to do right. I'm going to pray right. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love right. And I'm going to love you if I have to say I love you in Jesus' name. Oh, my God, I'm preaching better than you shouting right now. Are you listening to me? I'm going to love you, and I'm not going to act like that in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I'm going to be a good Christian like everybody else. And I'm... Well, they ain't nobody escaping this in this morning, are they? I, if I don't have worship, I'm going to manufacture it. If I don't have passion, I'm going to build my own. I'll build it out of human stuff. I'll, God, I both side. I'll build it out of human will. I'll do it if it hair lifts the devil. Amen. Are you listening to me? And all the time Jesus said, amen, you, you, you honor me with your mouth, but your heart is so far from me. It ain't. God said, I don't want performance. Amen. I want you. I want you. So he said, I'm going to come up with a brand new covenant. We're going to change that. Amen. Okay, let's go a little further. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it's a gift. Your protection is a gift. Your freedom is a gift. It's a gift. It's, a, it's just free. I'm just going to give it to you. Your, your peace of mind is a gift. Your self-control. Oh, my God. It's a gift. Well, why am I struggling so hard controlling myself? Because we haven't learned how to just receive the gift. So I know I'm supposed to be free and I know I'm not supposed to act like this and I know I'm not supposed to think like this. 
So I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to make myself do it. And all the while he's saying, it's not of you. It, your freedom can't come from you or you wouldn't have been bound in the first place. It's, you don't have the capacity to overcome what's in your mind, heart, or spirit. You don't, you don't have, Adam took that away from you. Amen? We, we weren't born with the capacity to overcome within ourselves. Even if we train our flesh to be going in the right direction, we left behind the most important part of us, and that's our heart. That's what religion does. Religion trains me to jump a certain way, move a certain way, act a certain way. Amen. But religion can't reach down into my heart so I can sit in a religious setting and be totally bound. God said, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to change that. Oh, ain't he good? Ain't he good? I'm coming to change that. He said, look at verse number nine. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. He said, I designed it like this because you're, you're, you have a propensity to be proud of yourself. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. Even me, pot-gutted, bald-headed. I still think I'm it sometimes, you know. I sometimes get struck. That wasn't funny. You understand? We, we, we have a natural propensity of pride. That's the reason some of you can't even get an applause. An applause would be dangerous for most of you. Oh, God, I've got to quit meddling. Yeah, it would be dangerous. Sometimes it's dangerous to tell you you've done a good job. You'll know you're full of pride when you do something and need an applause. I ain't doing that no more. Nobody noticed. Oh, oh. <laughs> I see you weren't serving God. You were serving me. Guess what? Let me tell you how fast my reward stops. That reward's over. Is that all it took for your gratification? Because it's short. But when we're doing it to serve God and not to serve me, it don't matter if they're saying crucify him or Hosanna. I'm still doing what I'm called to do. Oh, is anybody listening to me? I'm getting sidetracked here, but we're going somewhere. Amen. He said, I did it like this lest you think you brought yourself out. I, I did this like, like this lest you think that you pulled yourself up by your own bootstraps. Amen. I, I, he said, I, I, I designed it like this, lest you think you saved yourself. Amen. And sometimes right in the middle of our salvation, God has to put us in some horrific, yeah, I said it and I'm going to say it again. God has to put us in some horrific situations uh, to prove to us I can't save myself. He has to put us in situations to where there's no one else to lean on. I've exhausted all my strength. Amen. And some of us is never ready for the gift until we've given out everything we are. Then all of a sudden, I don't have no choice but trusting. I don't have no choice but to bless him. Are y'all okay? Now we're headed somewhere with this. It's not of worse lest any man should boast. For we are, what? <laughs> We are, oh my Lord, 
Amen. Come on now. Y'all help me out. Look to your neighbor and tell him, you're a product of God. Johnny and his little family walked in my office the other day. We prayed together. He just come out of an addicted background. He's on fire for Jesus now. And I'm excited about our future together, Johnny. Y'all going to see a lot of Johnny. Amen. That's him over here. Good looking guy. Suave. Got the little, uh, what do you call it? I used to have one, you know, party in the back, business in the front. <laughs> uh, amen. And I didn't know him before, but I've heard a little bit of his testimony in depression or oppression. Amen. Dimmed up in his room, addicted to this and that, life stolen from God until God came into his life. Amen. But wave at everybody, Johnny. Now you are the workmanship. That's the work of God. That, that double sigh, that smile is the work of God. That freedom is the work of God. Are you listening to me? Don't never forget. Don't never get so heady and high-minded and holy that you forget I am the workmanship of God. It is not of myself. Let every man that standeth take heed lest he fall. I'm amazed at how spiritual people can be on one Sunday to throw a fit on Tuesday. Blows my mind sometimes. Huh? But it's just a reminder. You know what? I'm, I'm the workmanship. That word workmanship, is, it means, it's poyeme. It's a product. It's the fabric. And, and that fabric means it's produced by weaving or knitting. God said, I wove you. And I knitted you together. Is anybody in this building? I knit you together. I'm the one, amen, that put you together. You didn't have anything to do with it. It wasn't of yourself or in yourself. You didn't have the capability. But I, amen, designed you according to my will. You are perfect. You are one of my masterpieces. You're the workmanship of God. Isn't that good? Wow. So salvation is not an event. Salvation is a beginning, an incomplete beginning. And I ain't got time to bear it out by scripture. You just go study it. You're going to find it yourself. Amen. Matter of fact, one scripture that I, I did write down, you can write it down just to, so we'll have a little bit of scriptural reference, uh, is Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you, <laughs> we'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That word perform, I hope that ain't a heater. That word perform means to fulfill further. Amen. I need somebody to catch that. Amen. He said, he that begun the work in you, some of you thought one trip was the fullness of the process. You didn't know that it was the beginning of the process and now he's still weaving. <laughs> Amen. I can look at some of you and listen to some of you and tell he ain't through weaving on you. Uh, he ain't through weaving on me. Paul said, I don't consider myself to be in complete form. But I am pushing forward and allowing him to work some things out of me and put some things in me. Amen. God is still fulfilling further. 
He's fulfilling further. See, that's the reason a lot of Christians are so disgruntled. Amen. It's not because they're not saved. It's that they're not still being saved. Oh, God. Oh, God. Did y'all catch that? Y'all catch somehow or tweet that real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's not that you didn't get saved. It's just that you didn't understand the process and you're not still being saved. Because if you're still being saved, there's a new thread added to your life every day. There's a new capacity added to your life every day. But some of you just as mean as you was when you got saved. Some of you still just as rude, making statements like I made so, uh, so wisdom that. Well, it's just the way I am. Humanist. You full of humanist. <laughs> That's just good stuff right there. Isn't it? it means to fulfill. He said, he that has begun the work, he's going to perform it until the day Jesus comes. You know what that tells me? I ain't never going to reach it till Jesus gets here. You double side. I ain't never going to walk in the complete. I'm growing every day. Praise the Lord. He's still weaving. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I will not be complete until that rapture comes and I am caught up to meet the Lord in the air and then I will see him as he is and I shall be just like him. Is anybody in this place? But meanwhile, he's still working on me. Amen. I like what Benny always says. I wonder he ain't correcting me back there. But you can't use that as an excuse for your... I ain't going to say what he said. No, it's part of growing. It's part of growing. So salvation has past, present, future aspects and dimensions in it. And I am growing into my salvation every day. So to say once saved, always saved, or not once saved, always saved, is really error, amen, because the only way you can really believe if you understand Scripture, once saved, always saved, is absolutely true to this aspect because you're not fully, completely, totally consummated in salvation until Jesus comes. And once He comes, I'm always saved. Are you Okay. So he said, it's, it's a process. Now, here's the one that I'm shooting for today. Philippians 2.13. Or did I read 12? No, I didn't. Philippians 2.12. I'm going to the other part of my text. Philippians 2.12. Now, come on now. Stay with me just a few more minutes. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Somebody shout it out with me. Work out. Now, wait a minute, preacher. Are we supposed to work or not work? Are we supposed to put out effort or not? Work out your own salvation. There's the proof that the beginning of salvation wasn't the end of a thing. Because if it was, I wouldn't have to work it out. Okay? Work out. I'm, I'm going. Wait on me, Beth. <laughs> Work out your own salvation. Oh, that, I ought to stop right there and meddle. Amen. Why don't you leave my salvation alone? Why don't you quit judging me? Amen. Because usually the ones that's judging need another thread themselves. I don't know why I'm pointing at you, but I'm telling you, quit judging my salvation. That's a prophetic word for you. 
One of my elders. Amen. Are you listening to me? Work out your own salvation. Maybe if I work my own out, and if I was busy enough working my own out, I wouldn't have time judging you about yours. Huh? Now, I'm not giving you a license to work it out like you want to work it out because I'm finna show you, you got to work it out by the word. But I do need you to high five your neighbor and tell them, work it. Just work it. Just work it. You got to work it. You got to work. Oh my God, this sounds so bipolar, but I'm finna bring it together. You got to work it. You got to work it. You can't just wake up in the morning and hope my hair gets brushed or my teeth gets brushed. No, I got to get my toothbrush. Brush, I got to put my toothpaste. Are y'all following me? I got I to work it out. You got to work it out. But here's the good news of the gospel. Work it out with fear and trembling. See, that tells you how to work it out. Some of you are more worried about the next ball game than your spiritual condition. Some of you are more worried about what you're going to watch and if you got it recorded than we are our own salvation. Amen. We're worried more about the condition and the parking place we can get at Walmart, the seating we can get in the restaurant. Is anybody listening to me? We're more worried about our appearance on the outside than we are on the inside. He said, I need you to work out this thing called salvation. Amen. With fear and trembling, meaning I can't take this half-heartedly. I got to get the Bible open. I got to get the blueprint open. And I got to make sure I'm building Noah just like he said build because this thing has got to float when judgment comes. Is anybody listening to me? Noah built according to the blueprint. Huh? Well, me and Jesus got our own thing going. <laughs> yeah, right. He understands me. <laughs> I'm wanting to be mean this morning. So let me move on. Here's where the whole message comes from. Verse number 13. He just told me to do my part in the working. But thank God he didn't leave me there. He comes in and says, For it is who? Which does what? It is God working in you both too. Wow. You mean I don't have to rely on my own willpower? I know I got to work it. But God said, yeah, you got to work it. But wait a minute. I'm going to give you my power to work it with. Man, this is just good news. Listen to it. Now, you got to understand the will. It's God working in you to have the will. And to be able to do what he's asking you to do. Listen to this. Write this down. The word will is the power to choose or prefer. I wish somebody would have taught me this when I first got saved. I, I was confused on a lot of this stuff. The, to, to will means the power to choose or prefer. That means an inner inclination that you have. It's, a, it's, a, it's the ability to delight in something. Or to desire something. Uh, the will, oh God help me to make it clear. It denotes resolve and willingness. God said, I'm going to work in you to give you resolve. I'm going to work in you to give you a desire you can't manufacture. 
This, this is the new covenant. The old covenant, I gave you the law, but I didn't give you the desire. So I had to pull you through the wilderness and try to pull you out of your mess. And, and every time I'd let go of you, you'd run back to what she was doing. He said, this time, he said, I'm going to send to Jesus. And because of that, it's going to be an inward work and I'm going to be the manufacturer of your passion. I'm going to give you will. I'm going to give you the power of choice. Listen to me. Oh my God, this is so big. God created man and he dignified him with the power of choice. I don't think we, we can, I, I don't think I've got my mind wrapped around it. He dignified man with the power. He gave him the honor to be able to choose. A slave don't have this dignity. That animal don't have that dignity. He said there was nothing comparable to Adam because when he created Adam, he gave him something that nothing else God created had. And it's the power and the honor and the dignity to be able to make a choice. And, and the reason it's the dignity of man is because the true heart of a man can only be revealed by his choices. Your identity is revealed by your choices. Amen. It don't matter who you think you are or who you want to be. Your, your persona, your person, God, y'all got to hear me. It's identified by the choices you make. So if you take my choices... You take my identity. You take my dignity. You take my honor. Are you listening to me? Your person is revealed in your choices. And so there's no greater honor than to be able to have the ability to choose. I don't know if that's clicking right now. But are some of y'all wrestling with some things that you wish you had the ability to choose? Just, just stay with me. It's going, it's going to come alive in a minute. There's no greater honor, Brother Steve, than to have the ability to choose how I'm going to act. There is no greater honor given unto man than to have the ability to choose how I will respond to you. How, oh, I'm telling you, this is rich right here. There is no greater dignifying aspect of a man than give him the power to choose how he's going to act. How he's going to react. How he's going to respond. How, how he's going to process information. God said, let's create man in our image and our likeness. Let's don't make him a slave. Let's don't make him an animal. Let's give him something powerful. Let's give him the dignity to be able to look at two paths and say, I'll take this one. You don't know how powerful it is until it's taken from you. Huh? Has anybody ever had their dignity taken away from them because you couldn't make the right choice? Huh? Huh? Come on, somebody help me. Have you, have you ever had the devil steal your true identity? Amen. The only, the only way he has to steal your identity is steal your will. Because then, no wonder the Bible says, oh my God, are y'all with me? This stuff's changing my life. And I just believe it if you'll listen to me. 
If the, it, it, there's no greater honor than to be able to choose what I will say and what I will not say. It's power. It's power when it don't matter what you're doing or what the devil's doing, you'll walk up to the edge and say, I'll go this far, but no further. That's honor. That's dignity. That when he's out there with temptation and he's pulling and he's bombarding, amen, and all hell is coming against you, amen, and you've been honored with a gift from God, amen, to let your emotions go so far and said, you know what? I choose to stop right here. Power. That's power. I'm going to fill you with Holy Ghost and is anybody listening to me? We think that's laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Amen. My Bible says better is he that can control his own spirit than he that can take a city. Power is self-governance. Power is what Jesus gave back to us. It was power that Adam and Eve had, amen, in the Garden of Eden. God honored Adam and Eve by giving him the power of choice. Amen. In the beginning. He said, you're not, a, you're not a robot. You're not a puppet on a string. God Almighty, I'm preaching. Are y'all hearing me? You're, you're not a puppet. He said, so I'm going to give you the greatest gift ever known to man. I'm going to give you the power of choice. Amen. And then he put the forbidden tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden so he could exercise his honor every day. He could exercise his true identity every day. Amen. God said, I can't. You, you say you love me? But I can't even know you love me if I don't give you a choice. You, you say you honor me, but honor is manifest in choices. See, see, you don't even have the opportunity to honor me unless there are two paths to take. Oh, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. What if, what if Patty was the only woman on the earth? <laughs> she was the only woman. Wasn't another woman to choose from. And I said, I choose you. Oh, really? <laughs> is anybody listening to me? Huh? The honor is that I could have chosen thousands. It's a tough life to live when you have this. <laughs> I, 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 I'm telling you. you. You understand, don't you, Freddie? I mean, I, I, I could have chosen any of them. Oh, anybody, y'all, y'all go come back, come back in. That was a bad illustration, but amen. You know, she ain't walking away saying, wow, he loves me. He chose me over rocks. <laughs> oh, God, I'm preaching right now. But if there was thousands of them, and when I chose her, amen, and said a death to us point, uh, uh, you listen to me, my choice was a manifestation of my love. So God said, I, I, I ain't going to make you love me. I ain't going to require you to love me. I'm going to put a tree in the garden, and I'm going to let you execute the dignity of making a decision. The Holy Ghost is going to come in this place and restore dignity to you. The wheel, the wheel, the wheel. Now, I'm going to read something because I think it's important. I need you to understand how the wheel works. Stay with me, even in my reading. The wheel is the faculty of the mind by which we choose either to do or not to do. The will is the faculty in our mind that we choose either to do 
or not to do. To be or not to be. Some of you are only like you are because you have not chosen not to be that way. Because you ain't heard this gospel I'm about to preach. Amen. You are what you are because you chose to be that way. It's called tacit consent. It means I agreed with a disagreeable lifestyle, but not choosing the right lifestyle. Oh, God, salvation is so powerful. Brother Fluke is so powerful. He said, the will is the faculty of mind to be or not to be, to do or not to do. It, the will is the faculty. Catch this. Stay with me. The will is the faculty which is exercised in deciding among two or more actions to be taken. The will is directed or influenced by the judgment. Okay? The will is exercised, directed, or uh, the will is directed or influenced by judgment. Hence, your understanding and reason compares different actions to be taken. The judgment determines which is preferable. And the will decides which one to pursue. This is what's happening in some of you. So what's happening to all of us? Amen. My intellect has analyzed the situation. My judgment says this is the right path. Now my will has to step in and make the move. All right. Okay, is that, is that good? So the understanding and reason compares different actions to be taken. The judgment determines which one is preferable or honorable. And the will decides which one to pursue. In other words, we reason with respect to the value or the importance of that thing. We then judge which one is to be preferred. And then we will to take the most profitable. But I got a question for you. Have you ever judged one thing preferable and more profitable but done the other? Huh? Have you? Johnny, have you? Have you done it more than once? Huh? Let me find somebody really holy. Helen. Have you? Have you ever stood flat-footed? Had the law of judgment in one hand. Had the reason to, 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 to read it. Amen. And decided this is the most profitable. This is the most preferable route. Only to find myself taking the other route. Has, has. Oh my God. Has your judgment ever been right? But you didn't have the willpower to do the right thing. Oh, Jesus, I knew it was going to be quiet. Help me, Lord. Send some angels to say amen because they ain't saying nothing. Amen. I said, has your judgment been right because you have heard the word? Has your judgment been right because you've been taught better? Has you, and you judged it? It was logical. It's the most preferable and it's the most honorable path to take. But I'm going this way. And the whole time I'm going this way, I'm beating myself up because I, I knew I should have went the other way. 
I knew I should have made the other decision. I knew it. My judgment was telling me. My conscience was telling me. Amen. But here I am going the other way. My God, Paul, in the book of Romans, chapter number seven, and I don't even like to use that because preachers have turned Paul into some bipolar Christian that didn't know how to serve God and is so contrary to the truth of Paul and his life. Paul said, let me show you what it's like to be religious. Let me show you what it's like to try to follow God when your heart's not in it, your will's not in it, but your logic and your judgment says it's the right thing to do. He said in the book of Romans, chapter number seven, he said, the will is present with me. He said, I have the intention and the desire to do what is right, but I have no power to carry it out. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to act like this. I don't want to be overcome like this. Amen. And I, and, and I want to do the right thing. My judgment is right. My doctrine is right. My theology is right, but I have no will. My dignity has been stolen. I have no honor. And when I don't honor me, I can't honor you. When I don't like me, I can't like you. Is anybody listening to me? And you're only mean, not because you're mad at me, because you're mad at you. I'm after something today. Y'all gonna have to bear with me. Amen. I ain't climbing off this horse till I get across the finish line. Amen. That's, that's, that's the problem. It's because I'm not walking in the direction my logic tells me I ought to be watching, walking. Amen. So, so he said, I, I want to do what's right, but I don't have the power <laughs> to carry it out. And he said, I failed to practice the good deeds I, 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 I really want to do, but the things I don't want to do are the things I'm doing. Who am I preaching to in this place? I want to quit. I want to quit. Everything then tells me I need to quit. Everything tells me I ought to quit. I can't even be happy with myself. My conscience is constantly convicting me. Oh, God. Not condemning me, but convicting me because it's telling you that's not who you are. Amen. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. Is anybody listening to me? Shake your neighbor and tell them that's not who you are. It may be something the enemy is plaguing you with. Amen. Paul said, oh, Josh quoted it. Oh, wretched and miserable man. Who? He said, I've come to the end of religion. And he was the perfect Jew. Johnny, he, he said, I was baptized. Uh, I was circumcised on the eighth day. Baptized. He said, I'm the Hebrew of all Hebrews. I was taught under Gamaliel. I got more truth in me than most of you will ever know. Amen. He said, I was perfect in the law. Amen. The problem was it never got in my heart. And so I tried to do right and would find myself doing wrong. I tell you, the devil is a liar. Religion is bondage. Jesus said, I come. Oh my God, can I work it? Who, 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 who's going to set me free from this body of death? No wonder. Now I understand, Johnny, why Jesus said, why God said, don't eat the fruit because the day you eat it, you die. He didn't drop dead. And your Bible says, the day you eat it, you die. Now it makes sense. When I surrender my will, I'm dead man. 
You follow me? I have no avenue of expression. There's something else in me. My true nature's dead. Does that make sense? Are y'all getting that like I got it in my mind? Really, I don't even exist no more if I'm not operating by my choices. Right? Something else is controlling me, so I'm a dead man. Huh? I didn't know I was a good husband when I was lost because the good husband was dead. I didn't know I could be a good father. He was dead. Is it making sense now? I didn't know all that because I was being controlled by something else. So the Dean love God created was dead until Jesus. He come back. Salvation is not an escape from hell. It's a redeposit of will. And then all of a sudden I started making choices. He's alive. Did y'all catch it to him? He's alive. He's alive. I got to go a little further. Who's going to deliver me from this wretched, miserable man? He said, who's going to rescue and set me free from this body of death? I can't make my own decisions. I can't make choices. My life is being controlled because I have no will. I have no will. And then he stops and says, thanks be unto God for my deliverance is through Jesus Christ my Lord and the law of Christ, the law of the Spirit of Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, but it gets better. Can I, can I give you the good part? So he said, It is God that worketh in us now to will and to do. God gave me my power of choice back. I'm going to help you understand deliverance. This is what nobody taught me. You know what salvation really is? Salvation is not the obliteration of temptation. You're proof of that. Can I get a witness? Yeah, you can look holy all you want to. Oh, no. No, it's not. Jesus was tempted. (laughs) And he was saved. Are you following me? Salvation is the restoration of my dignity. It's the reestablishing of my self-government. It's the reestablishing of my honor. Salvation gives me the power of choice back. Y'all know my testimony. I was losing my family and couldn't quit drinking. I was losing. I did not have the power of choice. But when he saved me, God started working the will in me. And now I wasn't trying to quit it because she wanted me to. There was something on the inside now, are you listening to me, giving me the heart to overcome it. And it wasn't that now I didn't have an external temptation. I now had an internal strength that I did not have. So salvation is the restoration of the will, not the eradication of temptation. That ought to help somebody right there. I'm going to say it again. Salvation is the restoration of the will, not the eradication of temptation. The power of true freedom is the execution of the will to do or not to do. Are y'all catching all this? The power of true freedom is to have the will to do or not to do. I'm not truly free if you remove the temptation to where I can't get my hands on it. See, some of you letting the devil beat you up because you're tempted over some stuff. Amen? You ain't, you ain't going to live in this life and there not be temptation. 
Jesus was tempted. There is no temptation taking you but such is. Somebody shake your neighbor and tell them it's common. Don't, 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 no, no, don't isolate your little issue. It's common. Hmm. Yeah, you thought you were the only one having to fight this battle. No, it's common. It's just common. It's just everybody. Are y'all okay? Can y'all handle this kind of teaching this morning? See, we hadn't taught this stuff, so when your old temptations rise up, oh my God, I must not have got saved. Now you can say, I did get saved, and thank God I'm still being saved. And then in the end, I'm going to be saved. Are you listening to me? So salvation is not the eradication of temptation. It's the power to say no. That's true freedom. Not when you got to take me out of the world I live in and put me on some planet somewhere where I don't have to look at a woman, look at this, smell a cigarette. No, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. It is me that worketh in you to will. So you can walk right through the middle of smoke, somebody burning doobies. They still do that. That's still a word. That's still a thing. Huh? Uh, you can wait. <laughs> Help me, Sister Griffin. You can wait through crack pipes and, and stand in the grocery store line and look at them soft porn magazines on the left. Help me, Jesus. Huh? And temptation may arise, but now you're a man of dignity because salvation has been restored. The devil is a liar. Instead of the Mosai, instead of lusting after God's savor in the name of Jesus, that's my sister. Am I changing anybody's life? Is there, are you listening to me? Amen. Oh my God. Salvation is the restoration of the will, not the eradication of temptation. It's the power of the freedom. Oh, in the execution of the will to do what is right. When it would have been more convenient to do what was wrong. You know you saved now. Can I tell you, Satan wants to steal your willpower. Salvation is not the eradication of the temptation to doubt. Are you ever tempted to doubt? Are you ever tempted to get angry? Are you ever tempted to throw a fit? Are you ever tempted just not to pray? Not to study, huh? Uh, uh, come on, somebody. I wish y'all would be real because we got new converts that's watching you. Huh? Are, are, you, are you ever tempted to, uh, huh? Uh, somebody throw me out your bias. Come on, I need some preaching material. Are you ever tempted to be a gossip? Huh? Are you ever tempted to have ought against your brother? Are you ever tempted to, to let division come between you and the body? Huh? Come on, somebody help me. Shout out some stuff. Huh? Are you ever tempted? Are you ever tempted to honk your horn to the car in front of you when the light's green? Huh? Huh? You ever ever tempted to let them know the light's green and been green? They don't get no greener in Louisiana. It's ripe. Take it. Is anybody listening to me? 
Amen. Are you listening? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. But control is not that I'm just so petite, or that's not a good word. I'm so, I'm just so, I'm just so heavenly minded. No, no, no. And I'm getting there. That's another sermon. Amen. But no, we're affected by this world. But true freedom is when I, Moses, can go back to the very bondage he brought me out of and beat on Egypt's door and say, the rest of you is coming out. Hey, it's coming today, Johnny. We're going to go back. Now I'm free. Am I helping anybody in this place? So let me try to tie these scriptures together with this saying. He didn't say you wasn't going to have to work. He just said, I'm going to give you the strength to do it with. Now does it make sense? He, he, didn't, he didn't say, he didn't say, he didn't say that, that you wouldn't have to fight. Because you're going to have to swing the sword. He said, but I'm going to get in it when you swing it. Oh God, I'm trying to help somebody right now. He, he, didn't, he didn't say you weren't going to have to fight David. I need you to sling the rock, but I'm going to get behind the rock and I'm going to propel that thing and it's going to kill the giant. Amen. I need you to swing the sword. Tell your neighbor, swing the sword. Somebody has been fighting something for a long time, but today God said, I'm going to baptize you with a wheel you didn't have before. This ain't the way it's supposed to be. I need you to shake your neighbor and tell them this is not the way it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to have to fight this hard. You've stepped into humanness. You've stepped into <laughs> you stepped in something. <laughs> you stepped in some, I even woke Scott up on that one. You stepped into humanness. And you're wearing yourself out when you don't realize that's old covenant. You you ain't even expected me to baptize you with will. You mean I ain't going to have to do nothing? No, he said work it out. But right in the next scripture he says, but I'm going to work in you while you're working out here. And now I'm going I'm to give you as a gift my strength. I'm going to give you my strength. This is why I close with this statement. The Bible says if you sin willfully, this is why the Bible says if you sin willfully after you've come to know the knowledge of the truth there's no more sacrifice that because you have trodden underfoot the son of God you've considered the blood an unholy thing and you've insulted the spirit of grace. You had three avenues of help while you were in the valley of decision. And you chose to go left. And it's an insult to my grace because I gave you a gift to make a choice. Now I see scripture so differently. There is no temptation taking you but such is common unto man. But God is faithful not to allow you to be tempted above that which you're able to bear. But will with that temptation also make a way of escape. I never knew what that way of escape was until this sermon. It's your willpower. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? I come to tell you, everybody's fighting different stuff. And you have fought this thing so long when you didn't understand. I can by faith be saved today. Oh my God, did y'all catch that? Not escape hell and go to heaven. 
By faith today, I can step into another degree of salvation and leave here with more will than I had and the desire to pull my sword and fight with the strength that comes from God. No wonder Gideon come running down the mountain saying, the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. So you're the one who's got to say no, but he's going to put the power behind your no. And then your no gets powerful. Stand with me all over this place. God told me today there was going to be a baptism. He told me there's going to be a baptism today. But after preaching this message, now I understand the scripture. Whosoever will, let him come. So if you don't even have the desire to be better, this altar call is not for you. I'm not coming to get you. I'm not coming to prophesy over you. No, 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 no. God said, all I need is for you want the power of choice. And then it is I who worketh in you to will. I, I, I didn't have time, but I, the second part says, it is God that worketh in you to will and to. That word do there comes from energeo, which is where we get energy. God said, I'm going to give you supernatural energy to do what you couldn't do before you walked in this building. Oh, this is the gospel, y'all. He didn't just save you and say, okay, do the best you can and try to overcome some stuff. He said, no, this is the new covenant, and I want to energize you to do what you have not been able to do on your own. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.